This show is brought to you by Podetize, podcast hosting and done-for-you production services that get you heard by more of your ideal listeners. Visit podetize.com to book a free strategy call. That's P-O-D-E-T-I-Z-E.com. Welcome to Pod Tease. Each week, we'll grant your wish. We'll surprise and delight you with binge-worthy podcasts that are sure to become your new favorites. Our hand-picked selection of changemakers, rebels, do-gooders, educators, funnymakers, and more will make their way onto your new and noteworthy list. Do you have a show that you think needs to be featured? Check out our show notes for your chance to be our next Pod Tease. Hey, Pod Teasers. Karina here, and I am thrilled today to introduce you to one of my favorite and most unusual podcasts. It's called Your Favorite Blockhead, and it is hosted by the amazing Brian Little. As he says, he is a school teacher by day and podcaster by weekend, and this creative effort has led him down an curious bit of a path. He is at the convergence of three of his passions, which includes Peanuts comic strip, you know, Charlie Brown, MMA fighting, and also spirituality. Now, if you've listened to this podcast since the very beginning, you heard a bit about him when we were doing our trailer, but today you're going to get to know him much, much better. Brian Little is one of our favorite podcasters. He is one of the most collaborative and amazing individuals that we've had the pleasure of getting to know in our community. So I want you to settle in, kick it, and enjoy this podcast with our favorite blockhead. You could just call him your favorite podcast, YFP. You could be the YFP to his YFB. Let's kick it. The little redhead girl's giving me the go-ahead. So what do you say we go ahead and start the show, shall we? afternoon listeners thank you for coming back yfb network and blockhead nation in case you happen to be new to this podcast allow me to introduce myself i am the blockhead that flaps in the night i am the teacher by day and the podcaster by weekend i am your favorite blockhead this is the only podcast in the podcasting world that can somehow incorporate the peanuts comic strip one minute and then be talking about MMA and Warriors Inside the Octagon the next. I am your host, my name is Brian Little, and hopefully by the end of this, I will have earned the ability to be called your favorite blockhead. And as we look at today's episode, there have been many different directions that I've been pulled, and I finally got this together and how I want to address the topics at hand. First of all, giving a huge shout-out and a thank you to Pod Houston Insider. Now, we had a meetup on Tuesday, all the elite members that are starting out uh, Pod Houston Insider. And I will tell you that I am the black sheep of the group. If you just look at the image, you're going to see that everybody's got sporting their Pod Houston merch. Meanwhile, I have a huge sunspot in the side, and I've also got on a different shirt because the other one happens to be in the laundry because I sported the shirt a couple of days prior to this. Gladly wearing the Pod Houston merchandise. But as we speak, 
I'm currently wearing a very comfortable, very enjoyable t-shirt from none other than my friends over at Casually Kicking It. Got to give you guys a huge thank you and a round of applause for the great quality that you put into this shirt. So make sure you go check out the Casually Kicking It podcast on the YFB Network. Those are available in the blog today. You can go find them easily. And also, we happen to have another family member that's been added to your favorite blockhead. So business is really picking up over here. Now, I don't want this to sound like it is a poking fun of any kind at anybody in Louisiana, but I will say that we have friends of mine that are podcasters like Talking Creative that were anticipating a Category 4 hurricane to come, but Laura decided in the last second and when she came ashore on the Gulf Coast that she was going to turn into a Category 2. But we also have Louisiana that has been devastatingly affected by this, so our hopes and our thoughts and our prayers are going out to everybody who's been affected by the hurricane in Louisiana. We pray for a speedy recovery for the city, and for any one of you that has been affected by this, we pray that the rescue efforts are as smooth as possible in the midst of all this COVID-19, in the midst of social distancing. And sure enough, as I was getting my notes together for this episode, as of this morning, my plans changed. They altered on the spot. Because I'm not giving you any breaking news that you don't already know. We are devastated and our hearts are broken to hear of the passing of one Chadwick Bozeman. As far as his career, his quiet battle with colon cancer, at least we can say he is victorious in being united with the Prince of Peace at this point. But we are going to continue in this crazy life in this year 2020 that has not been an enjoyable one, to say the least. He has his triumph and his victory, but we have an empty place in our hearts as we look to his accomplishments with Black Panther. But I'm going to use a few nuggets, a few diamonds in the rough, straight from the infamous 42. Chadwick playing the role of Jackie Robinson altered my life and my perspectives in so many ways when this first came out in theaters. I was very hopeful that they would portray the Pee Wee Reese incident where he put his arm around Jackie and sure enough they stuck close to what history has told us and we had Pee Wee join him at first base and put his arm around Chadwick at Jackie as the crowd is in shell shock in in the midst of their racially profiling him and being derogatory and insulting him in every way meanwhile Cincinnati's homegrown Pee Wee Reese is showing his dignity and showing his poise and his class Whether he did this for showing who he was or whether he did it to be able to ease the tide of the crowd, whether he believed this was the right thing to do or if it just disgusted him that much, it's really hard to know because Pee Wee was such a man that was was short on words, at least in his career. He just liked to play ball, just like the scene says. You want to play ball or socialize, play ball, huh? But that's not the scene I want to portray at this point. If ever there was an a philosophical point of view that Chadwick would probably want all of us to relate to, it would have to be, in my eyes, the scene where Jackie Robinson is spiked at first base. If you don't know what I'm talking about, there's the scene where the opposite team gets a base hit, but he, even though he gets out, he accomplishment, accomplishes what he wants. He hobbles Jackie with the spikes on the end of his cleat. Jackie crumbles to the dirt and the guys surround him, and then the ever-emotional Stanky looks at the pitcher and says, next pitch up, you hit him right in the head. Jackie 
tries to calm the storm and says, no, just get him out. The game is too important. Just get him out. I would believe that would be a lesson for all of us in the midst of what we are facing, whether it is simply the masks, the epidemic, the tragedy that's happened on the coast, all of the injustices that are still happening. When people look at the flag, they might think injustice for some. Some see it injustice for all. Yours truly as a veteran. There are so many stances that I could take, but my answer is going to be simply what Jackie Robinson and Chadwick would want. Just get him out. Instead of resorting to the easy way, which is rush to judgment, resort to evil for evil. But, you know, even Charlie Brown is one that I have to pull in here because, as you all know, you're looking for the Peanuts reference. Well, I've got one from Charlie Brown All-Stars. Now, in this one, Charlie Brown is not exactly as successful of being able to get the guy out on base because being up on the pitcher's mound, he tries to to concentrate, but, you know, he's like, if they're really going to have to try if they're going to put me away. But sure enough, he's like, I hate it when they try <laughs> because he's not all too successful up with his glove. But when he gets to bat, just as he's been telling his team, he's been telling them to grit their teeth and show real determination. Well, sure enough, Snoopy is going to encompass that as he goes up and gets a base hit, steals second, third, and fourth. And they're only one run behind. Not a bad way to bring Charlie Brown to bat, but sure enough, as he's coaching himself up, he says if a person shows real determination and grits his teeth, he can't fail. Well, sure enough, he emulates Snoopy by getting a base hit, steals second and third, but comes up a little bit short as he tries to steal steal home nonetheless, an unsuccessful attempt. But if I'm going to combine in these two and, and make this into a applicable combo for the Blockhead Nation and for those who are listening to this, what better way to say that as we face these uncertain times, as we move forward, whatever it is in your life that you're facing, Blockhead can tell you two things. Grit your teeth and just get them out. Our scripture of the day is going to come from Numbers 23, verse 19. God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Hath he said, and shall he not do it? Or hath he spoken, and shall he not make it good? This reflection comes straight from Blue Letter Bible. God is ever worthy of our trust. He is unchanging and he is uncompromising. As it pertains to what I just mentioned in my other part of this episode, earlier in part one, his promises will always be kept and he shall always stand true to his word. So every promise shall find fulfillment in you who are Christ's worksmanship. Rejoice therefore in him so that you can truly be filled. Now, as we start to look at what's going on in MMA, man, where do I even begin with the last fight that just happened, Frankie Edgar versus Pedro Munoz? Now, as far as inside the apex, there has been this ongoing dispute on whether the diameter of the cage even matters or having a smaller cage can be an impairment to a fighter. Now, as far as Frankie Edgar, he still got his hand raised at the end of the night. He got his split decision. But I will tell you, as I watched that fight, Frankie Edgar as a striker, I could see how every time he would circle away from Pedro Munoz, who had the heavier hands of the two, 
Every time he is circling, I'm watching going, his heels are right on the fence. Is this going to be an issue for future fighters? But Frankie Edgar is just one of these anomalies that if you watch how fast his boxing is, even at age 38, he mentioned this in the post-interview, how he's 38 years old. Anybody who wants to talk smack about him, don't say anything now because he just proved himself in three different weights. Now with his debut at bantamweight, that could not ever more be true. As far as Edgar having problems in the cage and circling the diameter, I could see how that could have been impairment, but him to withstand as much punishment as he took. But again, Munoz, even though he might have be the stronger of the two, even just his boxing, you, you can watch guys who bob and weave in boxing and MMA. You'll see them do the little horseshoe, and then they move from side to side. Frankie looks more like, even at his age now, from 10 years back till now, he still looks like a windshield wiper that is at maximum speed. The, how fast he moves his head, every time you answer with one punch, he'll answer back with four to seven on you. Frankie Edgar is just a classic fighter for the early day pioneers who have made the sport into what it is. Total respect to Frankie Edgar. Anytime that he comes on, he has my attention. Just like tonight, we have a co-main event. Anytime that the Mahler, Robbie Lawler fights, you have Blockhead's attention. But as I get this just out of the way, there has been this talk. Oh, there has been either this agreed-upon date... Or it is just some type of digital fairy dust out there in the social media world. I am truly hoping this is not true. There has been talk that there is going to be a Tito versus Chuck 4. Only this time, it's going to be in bare knuckle fighting. BKFC is willing to put this on. Okay, how many people are not going to say no to either of this guy, these guys, those that have followed me for a while, you know I am not a Tito fan. I'm not really that much of a Chuck Liddell mark either. I don't truly wish for either one of them to suffer severe brain trauma. I don't wish for either one of them to suffer a severe concussion. Can we just for a second look at how many people should be telling these two professionals and these two legends in the sport, no, you do not need to go in there with not big gloves, not small gloves, no gloves at all. And you're going to have a bare knuckle fight. If you happen to be a pro wrestling fan, I believe there was an injury that happened in 1999, if I'm not mistaken. This is 1999 WCW. Bret Hart versus Bill Goldberg. If you're not familiar with this, before Goldberg lands his signature moves, there's a point to where he throws Bret into the ropes and lands this sickening kick right to the temple of Bret's eyebrow. Drops him like a ton of bricks. Boom. Severe concussion. Suffered in the ring. A guy who never hurt anybody else has to retire because of this concussion. Fast forward three years later in 2002, he suffers from a stroke. Even though I don't care for either of these guys that are stepping in, I acknowledge what they were. Who they are is not something to be made a spectacle of. 
Please say no to Chuck versus Tito 4. While the world was watching the Last Dance documentary, I was watching the Chuck and Tito documentary on ESPN+. I had a hard time stomaching the third fight with Golden Boy MMA. I'm not going to stand for the fourth go-around at Bare Knuckle Fighting Championship. That is going to be left out here for you to take and run with it. Blockhead is not happy with this. Not happy with organization. Not happy with the family members, the coaches, the cornermen, who should be telling them, take your mouthpiece out and go home. Because we care about your health. Now to flip that all the way back around, to get me off of this tangent just for a second, we'll talk about one that is interesting. The interaction on social media and the possible, it seems like, almost solidified return of Rumble Johnson. All of a sudden, (laughs) the light heavyweight title, the light heavyweight class, the whole division is starting to look more interesting now. Now, there has been talk on which one will he take. Will he go to upper weight class? Will he try to fight a heavyweight? Does he need to face John Jones? Does he need to work his way into the rankings and try to face a wrestler who could slam the daylights out of you like Curtis Blades? Does he need to be facing someone like Derek Lewis? Does he need to stay light heavyweight and face Dominic Reyes, who probably looks at this as John Jones light? But either way, you've got a persona that I have missed terribly. I wouldn't call myself a Rumble Johnson mark, but I can say this is a guy who turns my head when I hear the name going for light heavyweight and a return because maybe his business endeavors didn't work out the way he wanted. That's all he has to say. Hey, this didn't work out. I left the way I wanted to, but now the itch is back, and now I'd kind of like to see how I do in light heavyweight. Maybe I'll take on Dominic Reyes or Anthony Smith down the road. You got my attention. You might have to work your way into the rankings and allow the, the marketing and allow for your your, your coach is to be able to work something out for you, Rumble, but I'm thrilled with you coming back. Whether it's light heavyweight or heavyweight, Rumble Johnson, I'll take it. Now, as far as how he is handling his social media, he makes it look like when he, he tweets that I don't really need this, which is really nice to see. I don't really need to come back, but I'd kind of like to come back. There are others I look at and go, you are already letting people see you sweat. And I'm talking about Leon Edwards versus Jorge Masvidal. Just looking at the social media, just the buildup. I'm seeing everything from, man, we should have had this happen a long time ago. He waits a year until he really starts to come out and discuss this. But he has like one tweet on top of the other, a lot of emotion, a lot of erratic responses to it. And finally he says the whole, F it, Jorge, let's go ahead and fight, shall we? You're letting people see you sweat. Masvidal walked to you a year ago with his hands behind his back and gave you a three-piece and a soda, and sure enough, the fight will work if somehow Masvidal cannot put pen to paper with Nate, Nate Diaz, or if Connor doesn't work out, or if he cannot get Usman again for a second time. If the way doesn't work, there's nothing wrong with the guy who had an eight-win streak going until he faced you behind the camera, behind the curtain. I got no problem there, but again, when you are giving your, your way, yourself away to all this emotion... Edwards, you're letting people see you sweat. Rumble Johnson, on the other hand, is just going to make this, hey, I'm coming, and this is going to be an interesting time. Pretty fun to watch Rumble. It's easy to see how Edwards is probably allowing Jorge continue to have that piece of psyche in his the real estate that is his mind take over him. Because once again, it could be whole, he could have mentioned something simply as the UFC 4 game. 
He could have mentioned, should have been me on the cover with Jorge. That would have been an easy build up there. Oh, you have my attention now. The guy whose stock has risen the most. And we're going to use Jorge in a second as a catalyst in just a second. Only because I have to get this out of the way. I've got people who are asking me of the next pay-per-view. You've got fight nights that are lined up at this point. Pretty well laid out fight nights. But those who want to watch the pay-per-view, you have Israel Adesanya putting his middleweight championship against Costa. A guy who looks like he is carved out of stone. As far as the trash talking between them, yeah, this is almost Henry Cejudo light in many ways, too. But if you look at just the build-up, I feel almost like I'm Apollo Creed saying that strength will go to the defend to the defender, but the world's hardest head would go to Rocky Balboa. I feel like I'm saying this with Costa and Adesanya. Obviously, when it comes to the heavier hands, it's going to Costa. But as far as the smartest, most technical chess player inside the cage that I've seen in a while is got to go to Adesanya. This guy has not kept the title as long as he's held it just throwing haymakers. This is a guy who's held it by being smart. And will he work that same strategy? Will he still try to sink the battleships of Costa if they, when they get in the cage for the main event? So you can expect, at least in this point, strength versus technical. You can count on that one. Now, when I said that there is going to be a segue for Masvidal, You've got a co-main event that has my attention tonight. You still have Anthony Smith that's going to be coming in for his his uh, chance to go back into the rankings, which could be stopped dead in their tracks easily. But I will say that the co-main event has my attention more. Neil Magny versus Robbie Lawler. Okay. Without Robbie Lawler, I wonder if there would have been the flying knee. The catalyst could be if you go back to the fight with Robbie Lawler and Ben Askren. Whether this was a controversial call or not, whether Herb Dean missed the mark or didn't, whether he did his job well or that Robbie Lawler was out, he wasn't out, at the end of the day, would not have led up to Askren saying, this is all you've got from me, Dana White, which led up to his bout with Masvidal, which led up to the fastest knockout in the history of the sport. Masvidal can actually, in some ways, thank Robbie Lawler for the ability to have his stock rise triple-fold like it's never been before. This is just one person's observation here, too. This is not to downplay anybody. Robbie Lawler is still a killer. Former welterweight champion, uh, dethroned by Tyron Woodley, still very dangerous inside of the cage, very much a co-main event that is worth watching, but we have a lot to be thankful for him for, and even the way he handled Herb Dean after the fight. Either way, enjoyable guy. This isn't one of my top 10 fighters, but I've always enjoyed Robbie Lawler. So if you need a good match to watch tonight in UFC Fight Night, I would tell you to check out the co-main event. Robbie Lawler's days are not done, but it's funny how these things just work themselves out into events that allow other fighters to break the glass, bon voyage, and off they sail into the stratosphere. So thank you for your contributions inside of the cage and even to the turn of events that have happened so many times, the causes and effects. We have some thanks to give to you, Robbie Lawler, for all of these events coming to fruition. I give you those to contemplate. Maybe you followed me down this rabbit hole. Maybe you didn't. Either way, MMA is loaded to the brinks, and we're going to have a good time these next couple of months as we watch these events. Check out Robbie Lawler tonight. Check out Anthony Smith. This is going to be a good UFC fight. 
and we are anticipating the days for Adesanya versus Costa. This is your favorite Blockhead signing out. We'll see you next time. Same Blockhead time, same Blockhead channel. Thanks for listening to another episode of Pod Tease, a production of the MediaCasters. Rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to discover your next binge-worthy favorite. For more information, visit our website, themediacasters.com, and follow us on social platforms at themediacasters. This show is brought to you by Podetize podcast hosting, and done-for-you production services that get you heard by more of your ideal listeners. Visit podetize.com to book a free strategy call. That's P-O-D-E-T-I-Z-E.com.